Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Deuteronomy. Hello and good morning, faithful listeners. This is Jen here. How was your guys' weekend? Mine was uh, uncomfortable. (laughs) I did not have a very good weekend. I uh, got a flat tire on Thursday evening, and so I had to borrow my husband's car for the weekend till I was able to get mine fixed. And then I took mine over on Saturday to get it fixed because I needed all new tires anyway. So I took it over to the place and the power went out and my car was apparently stuck up in the air with its tires removed while, <laughs> while the power was out. Now, while all this was happening, my mother-in-law went to the ER because she has a kidney stone. She's been feeling kind of sick. So if you could keep her in your prayers. And uh, we had to watch her dog. And then to top it all off, I got one of the worst migraines I think I've ever gotten. And I still have like the tail end of it right now. So yeah, I did not have a very fun weekend, but I hope you guys had a better weekend than I did and that you were able to enjoy your time or whatever. But I did get my car back, just to let you guys know. The power did turn on, thankfully, later on Saturday. So I was able to get my car back before the place closed. So that was great. That means I have a car, which is very, very exciting. But anyway, guys, I hope that you're ready to read Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 13 through 25 today. Grab your Bible and your cup of coffee, and let's go ahead and read. I'll be reading out the W.E.B. Fear the Lord your God, serve him only, and take your oaths in his name. Do not follow other gods, the gods of the peoples around you. For the Lord your God, who is among you, is a jealous God, and his anger will burn against you, and he will destroy you from the face of the land. Do not put the Lord your God to the test as you did at Massa. Be sure to keep the commandments of the Lord your God and the stipulations and decrees he has given you. Do what is right and good in the Lord's sight, so that it might go well with you and you may go in to take over the good land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors, thrusting out all the enemies before you, as the Lord said. In the future, when your son asks you, What is the meaning of the stipulations, decrees, and laws the Lord our God has commanded you? Tell him, We were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand. Before our eyes, the Lord sent signs and wonders, great and terrible, on Egypt and Pharaoh and his whole household. But he brought us out of there to bring us in and give us the land he promised on oath to our ancestors. The Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear the Lord your God, so that we might always prosper and be kept alive, as is the case today. And if we are careful to obey all this law before the Lord our God, as he has commanded us, that will be our righteousness. So this is the end of the chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 6. And so far, I think Moses has now mentioned not serving other gods probably like six times up to this point. He has been very, very clear that the Israelites should never serve another god. And honestly, that is really the most important thing, because when people start serving other gods or something takes the place of God in a person's heart, that is when they start to go astray. So, of course, Moses is going to mention this dozens of times in the law that the Israelites should never, ever serve another God. And of course, in Leviticus, when God first told the law to Moses, he did say several times, 
I am the Lord your God. I am Yahweh. Do not serve any other gods. I mean, he he made that very, very clear. And so that is the most important thing. And actually today I was reading 1 John chapter 5, I think it was. Let me see if I can find that again. And it's actually the very last verse of 1 John 5 verse 21. It says, Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. And that is how John ended the book of 1 John with that verse right there, that it's not just about like carving out idols and worshiping them. It's anything that could take God's place in our hearts. We should avoid anything like that, because when we put something else in our hearts above God, that is idolatry. And that could be anything. We can literally make idols out of our own pets if we wanted to. <laughs> we could make them out of our phones, our computers. I mean, we could really put anything in our hearts that take God's place away as number one. So we got to be very, very careful of that. And that's what John mentions here in the book of First John, that we should never put anything in our hearts that takes God's place. And I mean, Moses is basically saying the same exact thing here because God is jealous for us is what verse 15 says. He is jealous. He wants our full attention. Actually, right now, I mentioned that I have two dogs in my house and my dog bandit, who I've talked about before, he is the sweetest little dog. I love him so much, but he hates other dogs. He is very jealous. He does not like any dogs ever taking my attention away from him. (laughs) (laughs) And so if I start like petting Cody, which is the other dog that's here, Bandit comes in, he tries to get in between me and Cody and tries to get all the pets from me instead of Cody. Now, of course, this is a dog's interpretation of jealousy. (laughs) It would not be the same as God. But of course, God wants our full attention. He loves us. He created us. We are his. And so if we start creating new gods. There are no other gods, so we have to create them. We have to, you know, give an identity to something that doesn't exist. When we start doing that, we are totally 100% ignoring God who created us, Yahweh who created us, and we are focusing our attention on something that we created, something man-made. We start worshiping creation over God. And of course, this is this is wrong and this is a sin and God wants us. He wants our full attention. He is jealous. And he says his anger will burn against those who begin to create these idols in their hearts and who begin to uh, fall away from God. Now, of course, God is also very gracious and very, very loving as well. So when we see that the Israelites do end up turning away from God and the history that happens there, it does take a really long time by human standards for God to actually act against the Israelite people because he's always saying, like, come back to me. He's always giving them warnings. He's saying, come back, come back come back. And then when they they totally ignore God and they're just like, no, we don't want anything to do with you, God. That is when God acts. And so that's what Moses says here. He says, God's anger is going to burn against you and he's going to destroy you from the face of the land. And that ends up happening because the Israelite people don't focus on God. They're focusing rather instead on the things that they created and they're making up their own rules. They're making up their own regulations based upon this fake God who they assigned an identity to and they are doing whatever they want to do. Because truly, all these people want is to follow the evil in their own hearts, whatever that might look like. So God then acts and he ends up 
destroying a lot of the Israelite people and scattering them outside of the promised land. Now, eventually he gives them the promised land back and he's done that a handful of times all throughout history. And once again, the Israelite people are back in the promised land currently. But unfortunately, it's a cycle that we see the Israelite nation doing from time to time. So in verse 16, Moses says, do not put the Lord your God to the test as you did at Massa. Now, what Moses is referring to here is actually from Exodus chapter 17. I don't know if you guys remember this or not when we talked about this, but the Israelites were going through the wilderness and they had absolutely no water. And so they tested God by asking this question. They said, is God among us or not? And so that place became known as Massa, which means testing. And so Moses says, don't repeat what you did at Massa, where you tested God and asked, is he here or not? And so this made me question, what does it mean to test God? Because there are times in scripture where God does actually say that you can test him in certain things. Like, for example, in Malachi, he said that uh, you can test him with giving, you know, see if God doesn't bless you if you tithe and if you give. That's in uh, Malachi chapter three. And then there's another one that I can think of where there was a certain Israelite king who God commanded him to test him and do a miracle. So I'm wondering, like, when is it an appropriate time to test God and when is it not? And I looked this question up and uh, I really like gotquestions.org, your questions, biblical answers. I actually refer to this website quite a bit. And uh, they, they have a really good way of simplifying questions, like biblical questions. And what they said basically is right here, the difference between the two kinds of testing is faith. Now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. The Israelites at Massa tested God because they lacked faith in him. The Israelites in Malachi's day, ref referring to the uh, tithing thing, were invited to test God because they had faith in him. So that's the difference with testing. Now, in general, I'm going to say it's probably not wise to test God. I'd get, say in most given circumstances, because God is so above us, we need to respect God and it's probably not the best to test him. And even Jesus says, uh, don't tempt God, don't test God. However, I do think that it is important to note that the Israelites lacked faith in God when they tested him. Exodus 17 happened only a couple months after the Israelites got brought out of uh, Egypt by God's great hand. And so they were questioning God. They had no faith in God, even though God was literally right there for them. And so here in uh, Deuteronomy 6, when Moses says, do not test God as you did at Massa, I think what he's saying is have faith in God. It is important to continually have that faith in God, even when troubles come your way. Because yes, the Israelites were going through a problem at Massa. They had no water. They were going to uh, dehydrate to death. So yes, they had a problem and it looked like probably a very big problem at the time because they might have died had they not gotten any water. But the problem was, was that they questioned God. They had no faith in him whatsoever. So Moses is, is saying here, even during the hard times, don't test God by asking him, are you here or not? Because he is there. He is there. Just because things aren't always peachy, it doesn't mean that God's not there. Unfortunately, this, this world is just corrupt. It is corrupt due to our sin nature. We're the ones who 
destroyed it. And a lot of times when we go through problems, we like to blame God. We like to be like, oh, God, you're not here for me because, you know, I'm going through this trial or this trial. And maybe those trials are absolutely terrible. But we do have to remember that there is a level of corruption that we have caused ourselves or other human beings have caused. And so we can't blame God for the free will that he has given us, because in all honesty, the free will that he's given us is really a very gracious thing because we can choose to love God or we can choose to not love God. So God in his grace gave us free will. But just because something bad happens through that free will, we can't blame God for that. He is always there for us and he is always going to be there for us. And that's why Jesus says trials are going to come your way. But when they come your way, just pray to God and pray without ceasing. And I mean, Jesus does say that. He says, we're going to have trials, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. In other words, Jesus overcame the world, the corruption, the crap, everything that we did to the world to make it awful. Jesus overcame it and he is there for us if we call on his name. So moving forward here, be sure to keep the commands of the Lord, your God, and the stipulations and decrees he's given you. I talked about that a lot on Friday if you want to hear that episode. Do what is right and good in the Lord's sight so that it will go well with you and that you can take the good land God gives you. And once again, talked about all that on Friday. So then I want to finish up by talking about verses 20 through 25, which is to teach your children these things. Now, as a non-parent, I have a really hard time uh, (laughs) telling parents what to do because I do feel like uh, parents are like, oh, you have no clue what it's like to have a kid. And I really don't. I have absolutely no clue what it's like to have a kid. So I'm going to let Moses tell you what to do instead. Basically, Moses says that it's every parent's responsibility to teach their child God's rules and God's regulations. It is important to teach your child these things because your child is going to grow up with these questions. For example, this child right here asks in verse 20, what's the meaning of these stipulations, decrees and laws that uh, God commanded you? So in other words, why do we have to follow this stuff? Like, why does God make us do this? And Moses tells the parents to tell their children logically what it all means. In other words, God is so merciful to us that he brought us out of Egypt. He is our God. He is Yahweh. And so we have to follow these decrees because God was so merciful. He loves us. He is for us. He is our God. And he promised us this promised land that we now live in, in this beautiful land. Do you see how we have our stomachs filled? Like we aren't wanting much. Because God did this for us. So yes, God gives us these laws and these decrees so that we can continue to follow them. And basically for the modern parent looking at this, I think uh, I've talked about this a lot before. Too often I, I find that parents just leave their child's education up to other people. And I do strongly think that that includes Uh, the child's spiritual life as well. So too often, parents just want to throw their child into Sunday school and let the Sunday school teacher teach the Bible to their child. But what's problematic about this is the fact that you don't actually know what this Sunday school teacher is necessarily teaching your child. And yes, I would say that most churches do a pretty good job of vetting their Sunday school teachers. Not all churches, but a lot do. And maybe you trust the Sunday school teacher that your kid has. But it's important to follow up with 
what that Sunday school teacher is teaching and not just leave your child to get their education about the Bible on Sunday mornings. It's important to teach them about this stuff every single day of the week because this really is the most important thing in their lives. I mean, a kid goes to school five days a week and uh, we find that to be important for a child's development. But why is the Bible and the spiritual life only dedicated to Sundays? And because I believe that a child's spiritual life is the most important thing basically ever because that determines where they're going to go when they die. It's probably very important to teach a child this stuff all throughout the week, the biblical things. And that is partially why I do this podcast. And it's not for kids, really. It's not for kids at all, actually. But the reason I do it every single weekday is because it's so important. It's so important to just sit down with God's word and to read it and to listen to it and to understand it. Because having a relationship with God is truly the most important thing that you can ever do with your life. And that goes, you know, for your kids as well. So yes, Moses says, is the parents' responsibility to teach their children the meanings of the rules God has given us. And I, I do think that this doesn't just mean the Israelite people back in these days, thousands of years ago, but I think this is also talking about us nowadays, that we need to teach our children the way to go. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in this morning. I hope that you all have a really great week moving forward. Continue to contact me. I love hearing from you guys. It is so great to receive messages. Um, I received quite a few last week and uh, asking for prayer requests. So everybody who contacted me last week, I wrote you all down and I have been praying for you. Friends, I know that today is the second week of Advent. And if you haven't picked up my new devotional, Adore the Teen Girls Guide to Advent, you still have time to do that. So check out the link in the description of this podcast episode, navigate over to that and you can purchase one of those books. Now, of course, every purchase that you make or every donation that you make is going to help this podcast to reach more people. It's going to help it to continue to run. But faithful listeners, I will see you bright and early tomorrow morning for an episode out of Luke. We are almost finished with Luke. We are getting into, once again, the death and resurrection of Jesus. So tune in tomorrow. It's going to be a great episode. I hope to see you then bright and early, 6 a.m. or whenever you wake up. Happy listening and God bless.